When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am Valerie Complex, your host and associate editor and film writer at Deadline Hollywood. We are back with another exciting discussion and today's guest is writer, director Anna Slogovic. And we're going to be talking about her feature-length debut, Appendage. Now, Appendage is a body horror comedy starring Hadley Robinson. And it debuted on Hulu October 2nd and is available for streaming. In the film, Robinson plays Hannah, a young fashion designer who seems fine on the surface, but secretly struggles with debilitating self-doubt and anxiety. Soon, these buried feelings begin to make Hannah physically sick and sprout into a ferocious growth on her body. And that growth is the appendage. Now, as Hannah's health declines, the appendage grows more powerful and begins to fuel her anxieties. Her perceived lack of talent at work, her deteriorating relationship with her boyfriend and her best friend and her parents. The appendage is just ruining shit all over her life. And so she reaches a breaking point and she makes a shocking discovery there are others out there like her. Now, what's really cool is like the appendage comes to life. Like you remember Quato from like Total Recall. It's kind of like that, but not exactly like that. Like the appendage is not as intelligent, but you get what I'm saying, right? At first, the appendage started as a short film that starred actress Rachel Sennett. And that short debuted on Hulu in 2021 as part of uh, their second season of the bite-sized Halloween shorts they were showing at the time. But Zlogovic was approached to extend the story and turn it into what it is today. Now, on today's episode, the director and I discussed the process of expanding a short film into a feature. We also discussed navigating anxiety and what it means to be at the intersection of horror and mental illness. Now, if you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene Scene podcast on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And with that said, let's get into the discussion, folks. At this month's end, I will select a few of you to work on my spring collection. Believe in your own vision. Push through self-doubt. I will not hesitate to let you go. I just want it to be perfect. I know you've been stressed lately, but I'm worried about you, Anne. I'm dealing with it. Thank you, Anna, for coming on to the Scene to Scene podcast uh, to talk about your film Appendage. Uh, I hear you're about six hours uh, into the future right now. (laughs) I think it might be maybe nine hours into the future. I'm spaced. I'm traveling. Oh, you're in New York, right? Yeah, but you are technically nine hours into the future. Do you? Are you from California? I am. I okay. am. It it hurts so bad when you have to travel back 
the past than going into, I don't know why that is <laughs> the way it is with, uh, you know, travel and, and stuff like that and time zones, but yeah, it's um, wild. It's very, it feels like you're in like another dimension or something like what's going really, on. <laughs> so appendage started as a short. Yes. Um, and Rachel Senate is in that one. Um, and then, and now it's like a feature film. Can you talk about the need to have the story sort of expanded and how that sort of took place? Yeah. So we were shooting the short for Hulu's Bite Size Halloween program. And while we were shooting it, um, the sort of executive producers came on set because they were so thrilled by the dailies and they were like, Hey, like, we'd really like you to pitch the feature film version of this. And I was kind of in shock, like, well, we haven't even cut it together. Are you sure? Um, but I was just kind of amazed. And so I didn't have an idea fleshed out for the feature yet. And I kind of, after being presented with that opportunity, I got really excited and sort of started piecing that together on a very short timeline. And I pitched that to them. And I really was excited about deepening the themes of the short because, I, you know, the short kind of was only able to touch on the themes in kind of a more shallow way because it's, you know, five and a half minutes long or something like that. So I was really excited to just expand on all that stuff and, and get more personal with it and a little bit darker with it. And they were excited about that, too. So they, you know, they were like, OK, we like it. Let's make it, um, which was just kind of a, a dream come true, especially because it's such a bizarre purposefully bizarre kind of weird movie uh so that was exciting and can you talk about the themes um expressed in the short I mean in the short and in the feature I really like the idea of you know here's this anxiety written thing um that someone sadly has to deal with but you know there are a couple of other things that are hinted on there yeah absolutely of course it's yeah so much about anxiety and intrusive thoughts and depression and I think that the monster that sort of you know tells you that you're not good enough and, and gets more specific than that you know we all have some version of that and so I was excited to dig into that in terms of not only sort of in the short, it talks about imposter syndrome at work and not feeling like you belong in the position that you're in, that you're not good enough. And, and the feature film also talks about that, especially in context of being any kind of artist, but also just being a person in the workforce in general, but in this case, an artist. And, um, you know, it goes beyond that. It go, you know, Once that starts to dig into Hannah's skin, it, it kind of starts also being like, hey, your friends don't like you either. You said that one thing and <laughs> they hate you now. And your boyfriend also hates you. And oh, your mom, yeah, she thinks you're a piece of shit too. So it kind of just starts spiraling into that. And I think that it the, the feature attempts to cover a lot of ground in that regard. And it's so funny because um, you know, there's been a lot of debate about internal dialogue and how people don't there are some people who don't have that. And so <laughs> Um, you know, it's just really sort of interesting to see <laughs> that personified in 
this type of, of film. And when designing what this sort of appendage would look like, were there any ideas uh, thrown around in terms of what people would see when that sort of manifested outside of, of um, the character of Claudia? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, I was like, what would happen if like a fleshy thing came out of your body, or <laughs> like burst out of your body? It would just, it would be some kind of a lump of flesh situation. And knowing that the end goal, you know, was for it to become a body double, it was kind of interesting. It was almost like a, a strange, somebody described it as like a, a chewed up Tootsie Roll, which I thought was kind of amazing. Um, but, you know, we were looking at Total Recall, Kuatu and Belial from Basket Case and all these kinds of gross but cute kind of monsters, in my opinion. And, um, you know, we started with that as a base. And obviously the short film was super helpful in testing out an idea of what it could be. And it was just so important with the tone that it be it start out kind of cute and scary so people could laugh and kind of buy into the concept like oh this is kind of funny and as the appendage grows it sort of gets more gross gets more scary and you're like oh like this is getting less funny it's it's actually kind of mean it's like pretty mean and then by the end it's like a truly terrifying kind of the shining woman in the bathtub thing that's like you should maybe not exist anymore and then suddenly you're like wow why was i laughing from the beginning you know and so it was Definitely a lot of back and forth with me and Amber Marie, our, our creature SFX lead designer, on how we could hit those tones properly. It's really funny, the concept of this form of anxiety or something that you could see as like this cancer that exists outside of yourself um, as it takes on a completely different shape and becomes its own entity. Um, that was something that I really sort of personalized. Um, it's just, you know, there are different as, you know, as Hollywood continues to explore uh, what different things look like depression and, and, and um, anxiety and things of that nature. I really just like that about appendage and, what is it about what is it about anxiety specifically that you were like, okay, I need to explore this in this way? You know, I, I've mentioned this a few times, but my therapist many years ago, we had a session in therapy where she was like, I'd like to try taking your anxiety and, and separating it from yourself for a second and creating a character out of it. So we can kind of have a conversation with it and just, you know, we can be reminded that this isn't, this is a part of you, but it's also something that you can interact with and decide how you interact with it. And I, that kind of is what gave me the idea for the concept as a whole. It kind of stuck with me. Um, and I think that that separation is kind of important when you're trying to deal with it on a daily basis in terms of anxiety or depression or, you know, being like, okay, this is a part of me, but it's not intrinsically necessarily who I am. Maybe there's a way that I can have, you know, a dialogue with this part of myself and take a step back from it for a second. And um, I think that was really important to the concept of the film in general. And part of the message too, where it's like, no, 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 you, you got this. <laughs> Just take a step back. 
like talk to it, figure out what's going on, decide how you want to react. You don't have to buy into what it's saying, you know? When shooting the film, did you have any like horror inspirations in mind or something that you were hoping to sort of emulate in this film? Just a lot of great horror out there and so many great foundations to pick from. So absolutely, absolutely. The the biggest one for this movie was The Fly, Cronenberg's The Fly. I think that's another movie that blends tone in a really incredible way. It's it's harrowing, it's tragic, but it's also funny. You have Jeff Goldblum just giving the performance of a lifetime that's both just hilarious and also tragic. And so that one we watched a lot. Not to mention the creature design and how it kind of is like a cancer in that movie where it changes him completely as a person. And I would also say that there's many interpretations for that film, but that was a huge one. And then Raw, the Julia Ducourneau film, was another huge one that we watched. I think that one also blends tones really well. So we watched that as a as a whole crew. And um, we also watched Black Swan. I feel like that was sort of the movie that the lead character was having in her own mind. And so it was a really important way to develop her character in that sense. Yeah, because anxiety makes you feel crazy. It makes you, you know, especially if you have that internal dialogue. It's like, you know, it's not like schizophrenia where different voices are talking to you. You're talking to yourself and, you know, (laughs) making, making yourself sound crazy not necessarily crazy but all of these nasty you're saying all of these different nasty things to yourself absolutely and it's absurd like you know most of the time once you take a step back from that stuff it's like oh my god that was like so absurd it's kind of funny like how could oh my god I really twisted that you know right and that's up like a big time anxiety sufferer long term long term you know it was easy to, to sort of identify it and give me a new way to sort of look at it. Uh, and like you you were talking about, like, you know, in therapy, it's like they tell you to separate these things from yourself. And who are you without these things? Right. So uh, appendage really does a really good job in exploring what that's like. And so the cast, how did you assemble everybody uh, together? We had an amazing casting director named Lindsay Weissmuller, and she just put together so many incredible lists, and it, we were just so lucky to have her. And so when we were casting Hannah, you know, we were going through all these lists, um, didn't know who it was going to be. I initially had written it for Rachel Sennett, obviously, because she was in the short, but I think she was shooting bottom. She was incredibly busy, and we were like, we're on a timeline. We need to keep going. And so I rewrote the character and just kind of opened up the role as a very different thing. And we didn't know who it was going to be. And Lindsay, after going through probably like a hundred people, we finally hit Hadley Robinson. And I I was like, who is this person? Hmm, Let me check it out. And the first thing I saw, I was like, oh my God, this is Hannah. Like she's an incredible actor. I'm like, oh, we have to have this person. We actually moved the whole shoot two weeks earlier so we could have Hadley in the role, um, which obviously caused like a lot of hullabaloo, but it was so worth it because, you know, we're shooting a movie, very low budget, no time, very little resources, a lot of talented people on there. 
And, you know, you need an actor who can just get in there and, and do it. And when you only have three takes, like that person really needs to have a command of their craft. And we need to get along really well as well. So Hadley was that person. And she, I mean, what she did is like, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It's it's insane what she was able to pull off, especially with a movie with this kind of tone that's super difficult. She was very, very brave. So we found Hadley that way. And that's kind of how we found everyone else too. Emily Hampshire, Lindsay found her. She was on our top five list. I was like, she's number one. We're going to offer to her immediately. Because Emily, you know, she's not only a great comedian, which she needs to be in this movie as well, but she's also a character actor. Um, when you look at her filmography, she's amazing at transforming. And obviously, and without giving too much away, we needed that as well in this movie. Um, Brandon was our top choice as well, um, who played Kaylin. And then Kasser Muhammad, who plays Esther, we, she was cast actually a week before we started shooting, which is unreal and insane. Um, we just couldn't find the right fit. And she was the last audition tape that came in and we were like, it's Gosser. She's like, she has this incredible warmth to her and, you know, Hannah is cold and she's scared and she's isolated. And Esther was always meant to kind of be the opposite of that. So, and that's kind of how they get along in a weird way. You know, they, they balance each other out. So you know, Lindsay did all of that. She helped with all of that, which was amazing. What are some of your, it's October, right? So this is like horror season. Usually after like Labor Day, people are like, oh, it's it's Halloween. So <laughs> what are some of your favorite horror movies? If you had to name like top three, uh, I'm not saying the best. I'm saying some of your favorites. Of course. Of course. I mean, oh my God, obviously the ones that I just mentioned, my first movie, of course, I'm like, let me take all my favorite movies, <laughs> horror films, and then try to do something with them. But those are, are really up there for me. Um, you know, the ones I mentioned, so The Fly, Raw, Black Swan. Um, I love Jennifer's Body. I'm probably watching that coming up really soon. I think it's freaking brilliant. Um, I love Scream. Um, I loved uh, Possessor from, I think it was 2020. That was one of my favorites from the last five years. I was like, damn, like this movie is fucking amazing. Um, that one's really up there. And um, sometimes my genre tastes tend to like straddle other genres as well. So I'll probably be watching Silence of the Lambs as well, because <laughs> that's one of my favorites. Um, I think those are kind of like all up there for me. I'm sure I'm leaving something massive out that when we finish talking, I'll be like, oh, I forgot to mention that uh, <laughs> as usual. But those are the ones that I'm always kind of circling all the time. What about those films that you like? I just love how they all blend genre in this really unique way. Um, they're not what you expect them to be. You know what I mean? And so I think that really excites me. And they're character driven in a lot of ways. I relate to the characters in different ways. Um, so that all super excites me. Um, and you know, I'll probably be watching Eraserhead too, <laughs> you know, like that to me is a, a certain type of horror film that I relate to on some freaking weird level, but I'm like, yeah, man, I feel like that baby, <laughs> you know, that's uh, in his apartment. But, you know, horror has always been that, that sort of thing that goes beyond the scares sometimes. And there's a much deeper meaning there, you know. When I look at like when you look at Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like this, you know, it's about the things that happen in dreams and the this anxiety filled environment that nightmares can sometimes cause. Uh, 
you know, you said possessor, which is like, what happens when something overtakes your body, which is sometimes what mental illness does. So I I see why I can now see why these are the types of films that you like <laughs> and which you create. Um, one last question I have for you is, what do you hope people that watch Appendage take away from the viewing experience? I really hope that it just allows people to number one, just realize that they're not, not alone in what they're feeling. You know, so many times we just try to push these thoughts out of our head and just be like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm normal. I don't have these thoughts when it actually, it's quite normal to have them. And I think part of the problem is the stigma around it and the shame around it and not feeling comfortable talking about it out loud. And so my hope is that after seeing the movie, they feel like, oh, I have a little bit of hand on me. And you know what? It's totally okay that I'm suffering through something. I don't have to suffer alone. I can talk about it. And there are so many people out there who are going through it. And so I do hope that it it's not only just like a fun ride where they're like, well, that was weird and fun, but that, you know, they leave being like, oh, hey, you know, friend, like I'm also struggling with that. And um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then the friend can be like, yeah, me too, actually. And so I think that is my biggest takeaway that I hope people have and that, it, you know, we can coexist with that. Like, it's okay. You know, thank you so much from the future, nine hours into the future <laughs> uh, for, for joining me on the deadline scene to scene podcast and go watch appendage folks. It's on Hulu right now and it's October. So there's no better time to check it out than spooky October. Yay. October. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. 